What, what I do know, though, and I think Michael Pollan's seven sage words, I think, really sum it up the best. Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. That's Dr. Robin Chudkin. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Hello, and welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Tuesday. Appreciate you tuning in with me today as we have author, speaker, and board-certified gastroenterologist Dr. Robin Chutkin on the show today. And she is one of the rock stars in the health and wellness space when it comes to the gut. And she's been featured on numerous television shows and podcast interviews. She has a thriving practice. And today we are honored to have her grace our virtual stage to talk about the microbiome, which she defines and explains in great detail in her talk. But more importantly, she discusses the impact of the food we eat and its effects on our overall health through the lens of the gut. And she also shares some of the amazing results that she's seen in her practice just by changing her patient's relationship with food. So stick around because I think that you'll get a tremendous amount of value out of this one. So without further ado, here's Dr. Robin Chutkin. Enjoy. There's no question that Alexander Fleming's discovery of penicillin in 1928 is still one of the greatest contributions to modern medicine. It could have prevented events like the Great Plague of the 17th century that wiped out a quarter of the population of Europe. But now we've entered a different era. We've entered the era of overdiagnosis and overtreatment, what some have called Farmageddon. <laughs> it's estimated that 20 to 50% of all antibiotic use is inappropriate, and that's a conservative estimate. And what does that lead to? It leads to increased costs. It leads to increased side effects. It leads to resistance to bacteria, flesh-eating bacteria. But perhaps the greatest cost is something that's a little more difficult to quantify because we can't see it or touch it or measure it. And that's damage to this vitally important community of organisms that cohabitate with us, known as a microbiome, the word on everyone's lips weekend, the M word. So what is a microbiome? It refers to all the microbes that live in or on the human body. And by microbes, I'm talking about bacteria, viruses, fungi, protozoa, those little one-cell pests, and all their genes. So we're talking about a lot of microbes. How many? Well, there are more microbes in just the gut alone than there are cells in your entire body. In fact, your bacterial cells outnumber your human cells by 10 to 1, making you more microbe than human, actually, if you think about it. We have known about the microbiome for centuries, from the 1600s, when Antony von Leeuwenhoek first described, I think the exact quote was, 
the little animalculae is very prettily moving in rainwater. But it's taken us about 400 years to figure out that these organisms are actually friends rather than foes, and that the majority of our microbes are not germs that cause disease, but quite the opposite. They're an essential part of our ecosystem, and they're vitally important for keeping us healthy. So many of us struggle or think about what we should eat in terms of maintaining an ideal weight or maximizing our nutrients. But as a list of conditions associated with a microbiome grows to include not just autoimmune conditions in the gut, like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, things like diabetes and obesity, but bipolar disorder and other neurological conditions, as a list gets longer and longer, what we should really be thinking about is what should we be feeding our gut bacteria in order to optimize our microbiome and to keep us healthy. So I'd like to describe three studies to you that I think really make that connection nicely between diet and the microbiome. The first is a Harvard study done last year where they took nine volunteers and they put them on two very extreme diets. The first was a low-carb, high-animal protein, sort of Atkins-like diet with bacon and eggs and brisket and salami, and I think it was pork rinds for snacks. And they looked at the microbiome <laughs> before, during, and after the diet. And then they rested the same population of patients, which was a lovely feature of the study, because a lot of these studies have looked at disparate populations that have always eaten differently, but have always lived in different environments, too. So they took the same nine patients, and they put them on a plant-based vegan diet of jasmine rice and tomatoes and lentils and squash and fruit instead of pork rinds for snacks. And what they discovered was astounding that not only did the bacterial species start to shift, but they shifted incredibly quickly. So within about a day, the species started to change. And we saw on the meat and cheese diet, predominance of the bile-loving species, what we call the bilophilia species, that help to break down fat, but are also associated with inflammation. And not only did the different bacterial species start to shift, but the genes that were activated started to change too. So here was this direct connection that the food you eat determines the bacteria you grow in your gut garden, as I like to call it, and the bacteria turn on different genes. And what do the genes do? They activate disease. So you are what you eat and what your gut bacteria eats, even more importantly. So the second study is a favorite of mine that I actually stumbled across in The Economist, not in the medical journal. And this is from 2010 by an Italian researcher named Paolo Leonetti. And he looked at kids in Florence eating a typical Western diet, high in fat and sugar and processed carbohydrates, lots of gelato and pizza and pasta. And he compared them with a population in Burkina Faso. And what he found was that at birth, breastfed infants in both populations were almost identically the same. Or the same. <laughs> we're almost identical. Um, but as the babies started to migrate to the sort of, or started to graduate to the typical indigenous diet, there were dramatic differences. So the kids in Florence eating the typical Western diet, not surprisingly, had species associated with obesity and allergy and inflammation. And the kids in Burkina Faso eating a very unprocessed plant-based diet, enlivened by the occasional termite, had species associated with leanness and gut health, and they had large amounts of short-chain fatty acids, a substance that is essential for maintaining a healthy gastrointestinal tract. So here again is evidence that the diet, the bacteria follow the diet, not the other way around. 
I did a study recently in my population. I am an integrative gastroenterologist who came from a typical academic background with lots of prescribing and procedures. And it was really the patients who opened my eyes. A lot of my Crohn's patients were coming in looking great, and I would do their colonoscopy and their inflammation had healed, and I would say, what are you doing? They said, I changed my diet. And in the 23 years since I graduated from medical school, that was just a, that was a revolutionary thought, the idea that what you eat could actually affect inflammation in your gut. I had never heard that from anyone. In medical school, residency, shocking. And more and more, I started to see people whose inflammation, and I'm not just talking about people subjectively saying, my gas is better, I feel better, but I'm talking about before and after colonoscopy where severe inflammation, ulceration, bleeding, gone, normal. So we embarked on a study. We took 13 patients, nine with Crohn's disease, four with ulcerative colitis, and we put them on something called a specific carbohydrate diet. It's similar to a paleo diet. It basically excludes sugar and processed carbohydrates, and it allows unlimited quantities of fruits and vegetables and some lean protein. And most of the patients noticed significant improvement in about six weeks. Of the 13 patients, 12 of them were in remission from the diet. And again, before and after colonoscopy showing incredible differences in their inflammation. So there again, a really clear change of how the diet affects the gut bacteria, how that affects the inflammation. So I'm still not 100% sure on what to tell people in terms of what is the ideal diet to cultivate the ideal microbiome so that we can all have optimal health. In my own life, I struggle between being a gluten-free vegan one day and a paleo the other day. I had a lamb chop yesterday. Um, <laughs> so what, what I do know, though, and I think Michael Pollan's seven sage words, I think, really sum it up the best. Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And I think we all sort of agree on those ground rules. Big thanks to Dr. Robin Chutkin for stopping by. And I highly encourage you to delve deeper into this topic if today's talk struck a chord with you, because there is new and emerging research on the impact that the microbiome has on our mood, on our physical health, and especially our mental health. And I'm sure by connecting with the works of Dr. Robin Chutkin, you will get a more in-depth understanding of its impact. So if you'd like to connect with her, you can go visit her website, robinchutkin.com. Her Instagram is gutbliss. Her YouTube is Dr. Robin Chutkin. And her most recent book is entitled The Antiviral Gut, Tackling Pathogens from the Inside Out. And I'd like to also mention her most popular book, which is entitled The Microbiome Solution, A Radical New Way to Heal Your Body from the Inside Out. And I got today's clip from YouTube. It is entitled Dr. Robin Chutkin, Revitalize Why the Microbiome is the Future of medicine. And I'll have all the links to everything I just mentioned, along with the link to the entire talk. They will all be in the show description. So you can go and check that out. And don't forget to follow the show, share it, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. I appreciate you for it. And that is a wrap for me. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, Stay strong. Later.